Today, I'm going to talk about a story that really exposes the incredible hypocrisy of Western governments in regard to Ukraine. The US and Europe have been flooding Ukraine with tens of billions of dollars of weapons in order to fuel a proxy war against Russia. They're really using Ukrainians as cannon fodder, fighting to the last Ukrainian in order to weaken Moscow. U.S. Defense Secretary and Raytheon lobbyist Lloyd Austin admitted that the U.S. goal is to weaken Russia. Now, anyone in the West who opposes this proxy war and says that actually the solution should be peace talks and diplomacy, not more war, well, those of us who say that are smeared often and, you know, propagandists for Western governments claim that we're supposedly, you know, secretly working for Russia or some nonsense, or they claim that you don't truly care about Ukrainians. Well, today I'm going to talk about how Western governments are planning to plunder post-war Ukraine. Western corporations are seeing the war as a profit-making enterprise. They're looking at ways that they can suck money out of Ukraine and exploit Ukrainian labor, hurting the Ukrainian people. So while they accuse us, people who are against the proxy war, of supposedly not caring about the Ukrainian people, it's actually Western governments and Western corporations that are making plans right now as we speak to exploit the Ukrainian people, to make profits off of the, the suffering of the Ukrainian people. Today I'm going to talk about a report that I co-authored at Multipolarista, multipolarista.com. It's titled, West Prepares to Plunder Post-War Ukraine with neoliberal shock therapy, privatization, deregulation, slashing worker protections. This is based on an investigation that I did with a friend of mine, Jake Calio, and we found these documents that were published by something called the Ukraine Recovery Conference. This was held in Lugano, Switzerland on July 4th and 5th, 2022, this July. And in this conference, top officials from Western governments met, including top officials from the Ukrainian government, met and made plans to impose brutal right-wing capitalist reforms on Ukraine in order to profit from Ukrainian labor and Ukrainian natural resources. It's similar to the kind of neoliberal shock therapy, the capitalist shock therapy imposed on the former Soviet Union, on Russia, after the overthrow of the Soviet Union in the 1990s. And according to, the, to UNICEF, the United Nations Children's Organization, they published a report acknowledging that the Western capitalist neoliberal shock therapy imposed on Russia after the fall of the Soviet Union led to millions of excess deaths. That's millions of deaths that would not have happened otherwise, along with huge numbers of children suffering from malnutrition and poverty. So in this conference that was held this July, I'll talk more about it in a second, the, these Western governments and corporations met and they planned to cut labor laws, cut workers' protections in Ukraine, open markets, they say with this very libertarian rhetoric, drop tariffs to weaken the competitiveness of local Ukrainian industries, deregulate local Ukrainian industries so they can be gobbled up by Western capital, and then sell state-owned enterprises to private investors. That means sell Ukrainian assets to Western corporations. 
These are the policies that Ukraine's supposed allies are planning to impose on it. This is what Western capitalists do to their so-called allies. They exploit them and gobble up and exploit their economy. By the way, for people who don't know, because I've gotten questions about this, sometimes it confuses people. When I say neoliberal or anyone says neoliberal, that's not a, ref that's not a reference to the left in any way politically. Neoliberalism is a right-wing economic philosophy that has its origins in the 19, late 1970s and the 1980s with the rise of Margaret Thatcher in Britain, Ronald Reagan in the United States, Pinochet, the fascist U.S.-backed dictator installed in a CIA coup in Chile. Neoliberalism refers to a particular kind of capitalism where there's basically no state regulation. The idea is that the solution to every political problem is privatization, deregulation, selling state assets to private corporations, freeing the market, right? It's this very libertarian right-wing rhetoric. Neoliberalism is not about the left in any way. So when we say that, you know, there are neoliberal Democrats, this isn't to say that, like, it's a certain, like, kind of left-wing Democrat. No, this is center-right or right-wing Democrats who are trying to impose this ultra-capitalist shock therapy. And this is exactly what happened in the former Soviet Union in the 1990s. So I'm going to go down here a little bit and talk a little bit more about who attended the so-called Ukraine Recovery Conference in Switzerland this July. This photo here shows the top-level diplomats and officials who attended, including, you can see, the head of the EU. I have another photo of her here. This is the European Commission president, Ursula von der Leyen. She spoke at this. This is basically the top-level official in the European Union. She was also joined via video by Volodymyr Zelensky, who's the Western-backed puppet leader of Ukraine. He joined via video stream because, you know, as I talked about in a recent video and podcast I did about the movie Wag the Dog. I mean, Zelensky is just a digital president. He's just a president on a TV screen. He's not actually president in real life. So he attended via video screen as always. Now, also speaking at this conference were in person the other top two level officials in the Ukrainian government. So Zelensky is the, is the top. I mean, this is a puppet government controlled by the West, but Zelensky is the top level figure. Below him is actually not the prime minister. Below him is the chairman of the parliament, the Verkhovna Ravda. And the chairman of the Verkhovna Ravda, Rada, Verkhovna Rada is Ruslan Stefanchuk. Ruslan Stefanchuk, you can see in this photo here, he's on the right next to the European Commission president, von der Leyen. And Stefanchuk is second in line for the presidency. So if something were to happen to Zelensky, the next person in line would be not the prime minister, it would be the chair of the parliament, this guy Stefanchuk, who is basically Zelensky's top political ally. He also works closely with the main billionaire oligarch that funds Zelensky and his political party, his fake political party, which is called Servant of the People, which is named after the TV show that Zelensky starred in as an actor and was funded by the billionaire oligarch who also funds, uh, funds Zelensky. Another person who attended in person was the prime minister of Ukraine. You can see on the left of the photo here, Denis Shmyl. And to the right of, um, to the left of him, to our right in the photo here, 
is the president of Switzerland. And Switzerland was co-hosting this, this conference. Also, you can see in this photo that Liz Truss, the British foreign minister, attended this Ukraine recovery conference in Switzerland. And Liz Truss is being considered as one of the candidates to replace Boris Johnson as prime minister, Boris Johnson as prime minister of, the, of Britain. So these are some top level of Western officials. There were also representatives of Western corporations and all of these governments sent representatives to the Ukraine recovery conference, including the United States. I mean, I'll just name, I'll just name them very quickly here. Albania, Australia, Austria, Belgium, Canada, Croatia, Cyprus, Czech Republic, Denmark, Estonia, Finland, France, Germany, Greece, Hungary, Ireland, Iceland, Israel, <laughs> Italy, Japan, Latvia, Lithuania, Liechtenstein, Luxembourg, Malta, Netherlands, North Macedonia, Norway, Poland, Portugal, South Korea, Romania, Slovak Republic, Slovenia, Spain, Sweden, Sw Switzerland. Switzerland co-hosted the conference along with Ukraine. Turkey, or Turkey as it's now called, Ukraine, the United Kingdom, the United States, and then also in addition to all of those Western companies, uh, co companies, Freudian slip there, Western countries that are run as companies. Also, the Council of Europe, the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development, the European Commission, which is basically the EU, the European Investment Bank, and the OECD, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. So this is what Russia refers to as the collective West. So it includes the US and Europe. It also includes Australia. It also includes apartheid Israel. It includes Turkey, which is a member of NATO. It includes South Korea and Japan. So this is the Western imperialist alliance that's waging war on Russia and in this proxy war. And also, not physically at the summit, but someone who gave a video statement, video presentation to the conference was the UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres. So this is the official website of the Ukraine Recovery Conference. Now, this is actually not a new conference. This goes back to 2017. Now, people probably know from my videos in my podcast that Starting in 2014, the U.S. backed a violent coup d'etat in Ukraine that overthrew Ukraine's democratically elected government. We have a leaked phone call from the top State Department diplomat, Victoria Nuland, talking to the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Jeffrey Payet, and they discuss clearly who they're going to install in the coup regime after the U.S. backed violent coup in Ukraine in, in February 2014. And they specifically name this guy Yats. They say Yats is the guy referring to Arseny Yatsenyuk, he became prime minister just as they said he would just a few days after the U.S.-backed coup in February 2014. So after the U.S.-backed coup in, in Ukraine that destabilized the country and the new coup regime came to power and began imposing laws that violated the rights of Russian-speaking Ukrainians in the East that make up around one-fifth of the population violating their rights to speak Russian in schools and in the media and centralizing the government power and basically waging a civil war, starting a civil war and waging a war on the Russian-speaking Ukrainians in the East, which rose up against the coup regime and that set off a civil war. Now, this is exactly what the U.S. ambassador to Russia, William Burns, had warned about back in 2008 
I have an article about this at multipolarista.com called U.S. government new NATO expansion to Ukraine would force Russia to intervene. This is an embassy cable written by former U.S. ambassador William Burns in 2008 titled Niet means Niet. That, 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 Niet is Russian for no. So no means no. Russia's NATO enlargement red lines. And he warned that expanding Ukraine into NATO right on Russia's borders would could, this is what he wrote exactly, quote, could potentially split the country in two, leading to violence or even some claim civil war, which would force Russia to decide whether to intervene. Now, the, the former U.S. ambassador to Russia who wrote that cable, William Burns, is now CIA director. So the U.S. knew exactly what would happen and they pushed it anyway. So anyway, the point is that after that civil war started in 2014, starting in 2017, Western governments started meeting to discuss neoliberal reforms that they could impose on Ukraine, on the coup regime in Ukraine, the pro-Western puppet regime. And in 2017, they started holding the Ukraine Reform Conference. And if you go to the website, you can find the list of the previous Ukraine Reform Conferences that were held in London in 2017, Copenhagen in 2018, Toronto, that is Canada in 2019, and Vilnius in 2021. So this is not the first, this is actually the fifth conference that was held, but they changed the name from the Ukraine Reform Conference to the Ukraine Recovery Conference. Although, even though they changed the name, the goal is exactly the same, to impose right-wing capitalist reforms on Ukraine to exploit the natural resources and labor and property of Ukraine. So going back to this report that I published here, I'm not gonna go through every detail because it's very long. For people who are interested in the specific details, check it out at multipolarista.com. I'll have a link to it in the description below this episode. But if you go and you look at the, the statements written, published by the Ukraine Recovery and Ukraine Reform Conference, they say very clearly what the goals are strengthening the market economy, that is free market fundamentalism, decentralization of the state, that is allowing corporations more power over the state, privatization of state assets, reform of state-owned enterprises, land reform, that is selling off Ukrainian land to Western corporations, and state administration reform, which also means weakening the state to strengthen corporate control over Ukraine. And of course, their top goal is quote, Euro-Atlantic integration. That is integrating Ukraine as a junior partner, subservient to the West, to the US and Europe, allowing US and European corporations to gobble up Ukraine. This has been going back to 2017 from the beginning of the Ukraine Reform Conference. These are the reforms that they have repeatedly called for, right-wing neoliberal shock therapy. In 2018, they wrote that the ultimate goal of the reform is to sell state-owned enterprises to private investors. And they complained that, quote, the government is Ukraine's largest asset holder. So they complained that even though after the overthrow of the Soviet Union in 1991, that the Ukrainian government still has a lot of intervention in the economy. They write... They wrote at the Ukraine Reform Conference in 2018, all these Western imperialist powers. They wrote, quote, 
Reform in privatization and state-owned enterprises has been long awaited as this sector of the Ukra Ukrainian economy has remained largely unchanged since 1991. So basically what we're seeing is that U former Soviet Ukraine in 1990-1991 did mass privatizations of state-owned assets. But these Western imperialist powers are complaining that Ukraine did not privatize enough, that Ukraine needs to privatize everything and sell it off to Western corporations. And the Ukraine Reform Conference took credit for a law that was passed by the Ukrainian parliament in 2018 titled On Privatization of State and Municipal Property. And it, it praised this law for, quote, simplifying the procedure of privatization. So when we say privatization, that means selling state public assets that belong to the Ukrainian people, selling them to Western corporations for pennies on the dollar. That's what we're talking about. In many ways, privatization is actually a euphemism for plunder, for theft, legal theft. This is legal corruption. It is Ukrainian corrupt oligarchs selling the, the, the public assets that belong to the Ukrainian people to Western corporations. Now, what's incredible about this report from 2018, I mean, I spent many hours reading through all of these, these horrible documents, and I found this incredible moment. They published a poll in the 2018 report from the Ukraine Reform Conference, organized by all these Western imperialist governments. And in this poll, they admit that the majority of Ukrainians are against privatization, against selling their assets to Western corporations, obviously. They published a poll that found that only 12% of Ukrainians support privatization of state-owned enterprises. 12%. That is just over 1 in 10 Ukrainians support these neoliberal policies. They found that 50% of Ukrainians oppose privatization. 12% were indifferent. 26% had no answer. So because over one quarter of Ukrainians didn't have a clear answer, that means that it's actually 50% of Ukrainians of the 74% that provided a clear answer, which is over two thirds of Ukrainians oppose privatization. That is those who had an answer. So that's a majority of Ukrainians oppose privatization. Only 12% support privatization. And yet these Western governments, they claim to be democracies. They claim that Russia is supposedly authoritarian. They are imposing these unpopular policies that they admit are unpopular on Ukraine. Meanwhile, I should point out that, you know, the great so-called beacon of democracy in the United States, U.S. President Joe Biden has a 31 percent approval rating. Trump also before him had around 30 or 40 percent approval. Vladimir Putin has literally double the, the approval rating in Russia. And yet we're, we're, we're told that Russia is authoritarian and the West is supposedly democratic, when even according to basic polling, we can see that Western governments are actually more authoritarian and more undemocratic, going against the wishes of not only their own populations, but against the people of Ukraine, which they claim they're protecting. And they claim that if you don't support forcing Ukrainians into a meat grinder as cannon fodder in an, in an imperialist war, then they say you don't care about Ukrainians. They're the ones imposing these unpopular policies on the people of Ukraine. Now, in this report at Multipolarista, we also note that since Russia invaded in February of this year, 
that the Ukrainian government has continued to impose brutal neoliberal shock therapy. In March, the Ukrainian parliament adopted emergency, emergency legislation that allows companies to suspend collective agreements that is attacking the workers' rights of Ukrainians. In May 2022, the Ukrainian parliament passed a reform package that exempted the vast majority of Ukrainian workers from labor law. That is to say that they have no legal rights under labor law. They're basically being treated as just exposable, exploitable robots by corporations, not as human beings. Back in 2021, there were leaked documents showing that the British government was training Ukrainian officials on how to use propaganda and fake news to, to deceive Ukrainians into giving up workers' rights. So this is how much the West actually cares about Ukrainians, which is nothing at all. It's using them as cannon fodder in a proxy war in Russia. And meanwhile, it's trying to deceive them because it knows that Ukrainian workers want more worker protections. They want more, they want higher wages and more social programs. So Western imperialist governments are working with the Ukrainian corrupt oligarchs that run the corrupt regime to try to take away workers' rights from Ukrainians. So I talked about all of the Western governments, along with Japan, South Korea, and Turkey, that attended this Ukraine recovery conference. Now, at the end of the conference, they made several agreements, including that they agreed that Ukraine should become part of the European Union, which that was also agreed to at a June EU summit in Brussels. They said that that EU had been given EU, uh, sorry, that Ukraine had been given, given EU candidate status. And at the end of this, this Ukraine recovery conference in Lugano, Switzerland, they all jointly signed something called the Lugano Declaration, which part of the Lugano Declaration, which was unanimously endorsed by all of the Western governments, the US, Britain, the European Union, Turkey, Japan, South Korea, Australia, all these imperialist governments, they jointly endorsed something called the National Recovery Plan, which was prepared by the Ukrainian government, along with the support of corporations and Western neoliberal so-called experts. And the National Recovery Plan is a blatant call for neoliberal shock therapy, right-wing libertarian reforms to be imposed at the barrel of a gun on Ukraine, despite the fact that Ukrainian workers oppose these policies. It calls for mass deregulation. It calls for dropping taxes, cutting taxes on corporations and rich Ukrainians in order to make the country more competitive in scare quotes, which is always the excuse used by these right-wing oligarchs saying, we shouldn't, we shouldn't tax corporations. It complained that in Ukraine, 40% of revenue comes from taxes. And they called for decreasing that. They call for regulations for cutting regulations in the economy, and they call for ending so-called outdated labor legislation, which leads to complicated hiring and firing processes and regulation of overtime. This is a blatant call for taking away workers' rights for Ukrainians. For instance, they note as an example of a blocker, they note for something that is something bad, according to these Western governments. They complain that... In Ukraine, the average Ukrainian worker who has worked for a company for over one year is given nine weeks of pay before they can be fired. 
So if you're an employee and a company wants to fire you, they have to give you nine weeks of notice where you're still paid before they can fire you. And in those nine weeks, of course, you can start looking for another job. The, according to these Western imperialist governments, this is bad. They don't want Ukrainian workers to have more protections. They want Ukrainian workers to have fewer protections, to be more exploited by Western corporations. And they say that a better model is Poland, a member of the EU and NATO, and South Korea, where workers only get four weeks notice before they can be fired. So this is a blatant call for not only privatizing Ukrainian assets and selling them off to Western corporations, it's also a blatant call for cutting workers' protections in Ukraine. These are the same kind of capitalist shock therapy policies imposed on former Soviet Russia in the 1990s. I note in this report here that a 2001 study by UNICEF found that the brutal right-wing neoliberal capitalist reforms imposed on Russia caused 3.2 million excess deaths. Those are millions of victims of capitalism that we never hear about. Millions of deaths caused by capitalist reforms. It also pushed 18 million children into poverty and brought about rampant malnutrition and public health crises. And these are the same policies that they're now trying to impose on Ukraine while supposedly helping Ukraine. Again, if you oppose these policies, if you oppose the West turning Ukraine into cannon fodder in this proxy war in Russia, then you're accused, we're accused of supposedly not caring about Ukrainians, while these same Western imperialist governments are trying to exploit Ukrainian labor and sell off Ukraine to Western corporations. Now, I'm not going to go in further detail about these these other reports. There were three different economic reports that were published by the Ukraine Recovery Conference. All of them call for brutal neoliberal capitalist shock therapy. I mean, here you can see another example of one of these other reports. It uses right-wing libertarian rhetoric about so-called economic freedom, calling to decrease the regu regulatory burden, burden on business, reducing the size of government, deregulation, opening markets with the liberalization of capital markets, and investment freedom. So this is the kind of right-wing, neoliberal, libertarian rhetoric we hear from like the Koch brothers. And, you know, it's sometimes associated with like the Republican Party in the U.S., but the Democrats are equally neoliberal because the Democratic Party is a right-wing party and the Republican Party is a far-right fascistic party. But they're both on the right wing of the spectrum and they both support the imposition of neoliberal capitalist reforms on countries around the world. Now, I should note that this other report that was published by the Ukraine Recovery Conference, which is called the Strategic Briefing on Ukraine's Economy. It was compiled by a Ukrainian think tank called the Center for Economic Recovery, which is basically a chamber of commerce. If you go to its website, it lists a bunch of Ukrainian corporations as its partners and funders. So this is a corporate lobby. This is a lobby group, a chamber of commerce that acts on behalf of rich, millionaire and billionaire Ukrainian oligarchs and corporations. And then they were they were recruited by the Western imperialist governments at the Ukrainian recovery conference, Ukraine recovery conference in Switzerland to create this report in which they called for a bunch of neoliberal reforms that will benefit their 
economic interests, their bottom line. So this is quite literally a report written by corporations on behalf of Western governments telling Ukraine what kind of right-wing neoliberal reforms it should impose on its economy. And then there was another report, which I also detailed, that was compiled by The Economist Group, which is this right-wing billionaire group in Britain, which represents the interests of British and other Western corporations. They published The Economist magazine. They have this consulting company called Economist Impact, and they published a lengthy report that I read through called the Ukraine Reform Tracker. And it calls for even more right-wing neoliberal shock therapy to impose on Ukraine to exploit Ukrainian workers. And they also, very important part, they call for breaking Ukraine's economic relations with Russia. They, they complain that Russia was Ukraine's main trading partner in 2014 at the time of the U.S.-backed coup. In 2014, before the U.S.-backed coup, 18% of Ukraine's exports went to Russia and 22% of Ukraine's imports came from Russia. And they boast that as of 2021, that number has decreased and now only 5% of Ukraine's exports go to Russia and only 8% of imports to Ukraine come from Russia. So they're boasting of weakening the economic relations between Ukraine and its neighbor, Russia. And then they boast of increasing Ukraine's trade with the EU. And they say that it's risen Ukraine, Ukraine's trade with member states of the EU by 46% from 2015 to 2019. So what, what should we call this? This is colonization. This is Western colonization of Ukraine by the United States and the European Union. They are trying to break Ukraine's economic relations with its neighbors, namely Russia, but also China, and trying to force Ukraine to become an economic colony of the EU and the US. And furthermore, in this report, we also warn that many, obviously, you know, many Ukrainians have been leaving because of the war, but not only because of the war, but because of the economic problems in Ukraine. Ukraine is the poorest country in Europe. It has been the poorest country in Europe even before, years before Russia invaded. Ukraine's economy has never recovered the size of the economy of Soviet Ukraine back in 1990, before it was overthrown in a Western-backed right-wing counter-revolution. This is a graph from the a U.S., um, the, Fed, the Federal Reserve of St. Louis in the U.S., and it shows that the real GDP of at constant national prices in Ukraine has never recovered where it was in 1990. So the reality is that Ukraine has been brutally exploited by the West. Its economy has never recovered. And meanwhile, Western governments are calling for a military solution to continue to punish the people of Ukraine. This is a quote from the top foreign policy official for the EU, Joseph Borrell. And he said, this war will be won on the battlefield. So the West opposes peace talks. The West op opposes diplomacy. And Ukraine, the poorest country in Europe, is getting poorer. Many Ukrainians are leaving and they're never going to come back. 
I mean, a lot of, especially young people, young people, especially who are educated, who have technical expertise, who are doctors, who, you know, have backgrounds in computer technology, they're just going to leave the country and never come back. So we're seeing colonization of Europe by the West. We're seeing massive brain drain. And Ukraine is going to get poorer and poorer. It's going to get more and more corrupt. All of its assets and its land and its resources are going to be sold off, privatized and sold off to Western corporations. And then the people who are remaining are going to live in brutal poverty under neoliberal austerity measures, structural adjustment programs imposed by the International Monetary Fund, imposed by the West on Ukraine. And of course, if Ukraine is, is integrated into the European Union, Ukrainian labor is going to be even further exploited, just as what happened in Poland. Inside the EU, there's this kind of racial, you know, racist hierarchy of labor where the people from Poland are like at the bottom of the totem pole. They're most exploited. They're paid the least. They're, 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 the rights of Polish workers are respected the least. German workers are on top of the EU, then French workers. And then below them, you, in the southern part of the, e, of the EU, you have, you know, Spain and Italy that have been hurt by these neoliberal policies imposed on them. And then you have Greece, which is basically colonized by the EU. And then below them, you have Poland, you know, and Central Europe and Eastern Europe. And then below them, you're going to have Ukraine, the poorest country in Europe. Ukrainian workers are going to be treated like dogs, like cattle. They're going to be exploited and they're going to be paid very low wages. And then a lot of them are going to be forced out of their country because Ukraine is going to become an economic dead zone. So this is how Western imperialists treat their so-called allies. And we see this now with, you know, you, with Europe destroying its own economy in or, with these sanctions on Russia that are actually causing Russia to make more money from its oil and gas exports and causing massive inflation in, in Europe in destroying European industry, like in Germany, where labor unions are warning about the destruction of German industry. These are the policies that the U.S. is imposing on Europe. And then, and then so the U.S. is like colonizing Europe. And then Europe is like colonizing Ukraine. So it's this massive totem pole of brutal exploitation and hierarchy. And Ukrainian workers are the ones that get exploited the most. So when you hear Western governments and media outlets and propagandists claim that if you don't support this proxy war in which Western governments are using Ukrainians as cannon fodder, fighting Russia until the last Ukrainian, if you don't support flooding Ukraine with weapons, if you support peace talks and diplomacy to end this war, they say, well, you don't care about Ukrainian lives. Well, you should remind them that they're the ones who actually don't care about Ukrainian lives. They're the ones who are fighting to the last Ukrainian, and then they're making plans in the public. They're making plans to exploit Ukraine's natural resources, to exploit Ukrainian labor, and to sell off Ukraine to Western corporations. And everything that I talked about in this episode here is objective. It's a fact. You can find it thoroughly documented in the report that I published. I co-authored with my friend Jay Calio at multipolarista.com. I have a link to that in the description below. You can find all of the links to all of the reports that I cited. This is an objective fact from the mouths of Western governments themselves. They're admitting what they're planning to do to Ukraine, and it's going to be an economic bloodbath. So with that said, if you want to support this kind of journalism that I do here, you're certainly never going to see a report like this in mainstream corporate media. You only will see it in independent 
outlets like Multipolarista. If you want to support the work that I do, you can go to patreon.com slash Multipolarista and become a patron. Or if you want to support in other ways, including PayPal or Locals or Substack, if you want to donate, you can go to, to multipolarista.com slash support. I have links in the description below. Thank you so much for watching or listening, and I'll see you next time.